Welcome to the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast, where we explore how our experiences can be a powerful source of insight into how we create fitness results that last a lifetime. I'm your host, Coach Caleb, and on today's episode, we are going to discuss the first tenet of Experience Oriented Fitness, which is keep it real. Hello, welcome back to another episode. Uh, Today we are diving into kind of the meat and potatoes of what experience-oriented fitness is. And that starts with the three tenets or principles that kind of inform the idea of experience-oriented fitness and how we can engage with this process or experience to create long-term sustainable results. And so the three tenets, a quick overview, is the first one is keep it real. And that is going to be the topic of conversation today. So um, of course, that's a little bit veiled. You don't really understand what that means. So stick around and in like 30 seconds, I'll get to it. The second tenet is body first, and that'll be the topic of our next podcast. And then, of course, the final tenet, which is uh, two on the nose, perhaps, experience it. Um, So yeah, those are the three tenets. Keep it real, body first, and experience it. And so today, I'm going to discuss keep it real. What does it mean, right? Um, How do we actually do that when we're pursuing fitness results? And this one is, is really important to me because I have tried many approaches to fitness, uh, both with myself and with clients, where we didn't keep it real. And no matter how well you do in that environment, and I'll define environment in a moment, but no matter how well you do in that environment, if the environment changes drastically later, then it's going to be incredibly difficult to maintain or sustain um, the fitness results that you've achieved. And so the first thing I want to do is kind of talk about environment. So when I'm saying environment here, I'm talking about the context in which you are living, what is surrounding you. So that's anything from, you know, the physical structures like your where you live geographically. um, But you know, those are not as easy to change. It's not like you're going to be like, I need to get fit. So I need to move to California, where it's nice year round, and I can walk. um, And and, you know, do that or or Arizona or whatever. And um, but it also goes into like your work environment, right? Like what is work like? How does that interact with your life? Um, your family and home environment. Are you a parent? Do you have dependents? Um, are you single? Are you in a relationship that's long-term? Do you live with that person? All of that contributes to environment as well as just what is going on in your life. So what you allow to enter into that environment. So, you know, even things like vacations or family dinners or um, going out for drinks on the weekend or having uh meals at restaurants like all of that is part of your environment so really environment in this in this instance means context what is the context in which you are pursuing your fitness goals and what keep it real means with respect to that is that our environment should not be sterilized and what i mean by that is you know, we could go in and be ready to pursue our fitness goals. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to clean out my cabinets, my fridge of anything tempting, right? And then I'm going to clear out my schedule 
of anything that could interrupt my fitness. If I have a short weekend trip, uh, I'd probably rather just not get off track. You know, oh, I'd rather not schedule work lunches. I'm just gonna cancel those. I have a work conference that I could go to and I'm not gonna do that. Or the alternative is waiting until the environment is sterile, meaning, oh, I just had a bunch of work conferences. I know I don't have any here. I know I won't be asked to go out for drinks after work because it's January and everyone's doing dry January. Everyone's got these goals. We are using either a collective uh, sterilization of the environment, meaning that people like are all supporting our goals. You know, dry January is a great example of that. And also after the holidays, people are having New Year's resolutions. So we're all moving in that direction. You can't rely on that environment staying. Um, and then the other one is the individual uh, individual sterilization of the environment, meaning what I had just said, you know, cleaning things out. It's like, oh, my kids want to go for ice cream. Well, guess what? Ice cream is off the table for the next three months while I'm trying to get fit. Um, that stuff doesn't work. That What that does is it creates a false container for you to pursue your goals in. And yeah, you will achieve your goals. Like ask any fitness coach, if you clear out your cupboards and you're really strict and you don't have any events that could throw you off, you don't have any trips planned, anything like that, you can get your results. But the more you sterilize that process and that environment as you're getting your results, the more difficult it becomes when you start to open that container up and, and that boundary up and allowing things back in, right? Because let's say for three months, you don't go for ice cream with your kid, but because you don't go for ice cream with your kid, you may not have learned how to incorporate that type of um, experience into your fitness. You don't know, you know, oh, now maybe you're gonna go do intervals because you need to burn it off or it creates kind of that weird thing. Or perhaps you're like, I don't know how many calories I need to eat and like how this is gonna work. And I know, you know, I'm again, when I'm giving these examples, I'm creating models that use assumptions that are, you know, polarized in a way. So obviously, you know, it's not true that if you sterilize your environment, it's not true in all cases that if you sterilize your environment, your coach, let's say you're working with a coach, is going to be not teaching you about macros and things like that. This is just a possibility. The other thing and the more pervasive one would be like, let's take, for example, a busy professional um, person who is working a job and they work, you know, 60 hours a week, we'll call it there. We won't go as extreme as 80, even though that does happen. Um, 60 hours a week. And then they've got to go on a work trip for, you know, four days. It's like, how do we manage that? If we never go and do that, we're going to have trouble. And a lot of the time, by sterilizing the environment, we create this really black and white delinearity between, is that even a word? Uh, maybe, but basically we just cut right through and it's black and white of either on or off track and that becomes more stark, right? So if it's very sterile environment, something as simple as going out for dinner could be considered off track, right? Even though as many people know, there are strategies by which we can count our food and track it at dinner. We can use free meals and not worry about it. We can use strategies that don't involve counting. There are many things to do. And depending on the lifestyle and the experience of that person in those scenarios, you can build it in. And that's kind of what experience-oriented fitness is all about. But for instance, this, this busy professional, back to this example, 
is going on a work trip and they don't have control over their food. Usually when you go on trips, that's the case. You're entertaining clients. Maybe there's pressure to drink and that person isn't going to take the, the fitness industry's advice. Like this is one thing, I've just gotta voice this. One thing, as a former professional, uh, busy like you know corporate professional, this is one of the biggest piss offs and it shows a complete lack of ability to step into another person's shoes. But is when a coach will say, you need to be confident, like when it's basically like you need to be confident in setting your boundaries. And it's like, yes, that's true. So let's say you have pressure to drink in a social setting at work. Yes, it's true. Like eventually one day, it would be very healthy for you to be able to say like, no, I don't want to drink even though everyone's drinking and that's going to be okay. However, the reality of those situations is not that. Most people don't feel comfortable doing that because there's a deep fear around job security, around being liked in your job. And then we've got to talk about other dynamics in the workplace that make that decision even harder. So um, anyway, a little bit of a tangent, but I hate that. That is just a red flag to me. Um, it's better to allow people to learn how to work these things in than to completely shut them out and disguise it under this false um, boundary of, you know, standing up for yourself. And, and if you don't put your health first, no one else will, like that kind of thing. Anyway, sorry, a little bit of a tangent. Um, but anyway, this busy professional, I can't get through this story. I apologize. Um, this busy professional person is you know, on their trip. And now the best thing to do, in my opinion, is to bring that into the process. And I often will say to clients, you know, they come to me and they're like, I have a trip this weekend. I'm really scared of what's going to happen. Um, like, I don't want to go off plan. And, you know, it helps obviously as a coach to give some reassurance of the reality of the situation, um, which is that, you know, going on a weekend trip or having a four day event like that, it really isn't going to be harmful uh, to your long-term results if it's not frequent occurrence. Um, and, you know, we can, we can engage with that. And worst case scenario, it's not going to be that bad. That's helpful. But what's more helpful is to teach someone how to, how to engage with those situations. One, when they're infrequent, and maybe it is just the right time to be like, I'm not going to count. I'm just going to take it as it is and relax and enjoy myself and not stress. And we're reducing stress that way. Or it might be valuable or and or to educate them like, hey, if you're wanting to keep on track with your goals without like overly tightening your grip on this process, then maybe this is the way we address it and we can shift our goal a little bit. We're not going to aggressively pursue fat loss on this in this case. Um, and we're going to, you know, be in maintenance and let you kind of flow and learn about this and in some scenarios too, I have clients who travel a lot at periods. I had one client in particular that I'm thinking about who traveled a, a ton during our deficit and dieting period, and she did amazing. She did so well on it and was able to do that. And that's different for everyone. Some people can do that. Some people can't. That's up for you and your coach to figure out. But that's the key, right, is that you go experience it. You bring that into the environment, you make things messy, you allow for some room for the mess to exist, and then you think about it and you're like, oh, like something, it could be as simple as like, I didn't drink enough water and I think I would have felt better that way. Something else could be like, I, 
I went all out. I felt okay doing that. That was my plan. And I don't think I want to do that next time. It's not sustainable for me. But basically the key is you're figuring out what is comfortable for you, what's sustainable for you. So back to that example where I kind of went on the tirade about, you know, oh, just set a boundary and say you won't drink. It's like that could be something that someone eventually gets to by experiencing this, right? Like you could go and there is pressure to drink and it might not be overt pressure, but it could be, you know, covert social pressure of the group. Everyone's drinking and, you know, maybe a client is favorably talking to people who are engaged in that because they're having a common experience between it and you don't feel comfortable saying no yet. I'm not making any moral judgments about the way that our culture is set up in that way or the way that you behave in that situation. That's not what we're here for. What we're here to do is teach someone to work with what they're comfortable doing and kind of touch the boundaries and edges of that so that they gain insight into how to incorporate that experience into their life. And from the perspective of the coach in fitness, it's to make that goal supportive long-term, right? And so anyway, maybe someone, you know, does drink and they drink way too much and they're like, oh, like next time I'm just gonna have one drink and really nurse it slowly. And then they do that. Maybe that's perfect or maybe that doesn't quite work. And so they, um, the next time they do over maybe four or five work trips where there's drinking or four or five work dinners, they feel comfortable saying no one out of five times, or maybe they eventually become comfortable just doing, um, like, um, faux drinks or whatever those are called mock drinks, um, and, and doing it that way. Or maybe they're just confident and they're just like, no, I'm just going to stick to water today. I don't feel like it like that type of thing. Um, but anyway, that's kind of the idea of keeping it real. We just like, we, our lives, there's so much rhetoric around, you know, oh, the reason that you are not fit is because your lifestyle is not supportive of that. And that's very true. However, there are components of the lifestyle that need to be maintained. And those are the things that align with the person's values. And that's what I mean by keep it real. So it's like, yeah, if you are sedentary and you never walk or are active, that will likely need to change or your expectation will need to change about what you can achieve, right? Like we need to have bringing that expectation and that effort and reality into the same sphere. Um, or... But, or sorry, and so that would need to change, obviously. However, there are instances like this, you know, ice cream out with your kids. It's like, that may be a deep-rooted value. And yeah, maybe in the current scenario, because of being sedentary and not exercising and, and not looking, watching your food, it could be seen as something that's not goal-supportive. However, that may have a very deeply-rooted um attachment to a value, right? Like it's not just about getting ice cream and, and buying your kid ice cream. It's about, I work, I'm a very busy person. I take my kid to soccer or baseball or hockey practice. And afterwards they ask me for ice cream and I want to say yes. And I want to treat them and I want to spend quality time because I can talk to them that way and they're happy and they open up to me and all of those things, right? So these are really important and you can expand that out to a lot of um, concepts, right? And, you know, it could be a relationship with a significant other. It could be a relationship with a parent, like a grant or like, you know, you're, you're adult, you're an adult child. You have an elderly 
parent, maybe it's that, um, you know, siblings, things like that. It, it can expand or maybe even work colleagues. You are a manager and you don't want to alienate your employee if they or your employees if they ask you out for lunch by saying no. Um, or even by like, and then when you're doing that, it's stressful to like try to order a salad and manage it. Anyway, there are so many examples. Let me give a specific example of what I've done in the past where I've made this mistake of sterilizing my environment too much. Um, and you know, it's kind of a combination and I will give an example of, it is an example I gave in one of the earlier podcasts when I was walking through my background, but I'll talk about kind of like before my wedding, um, I was working as a personal trainer and I had mentioned I bought this book uh, that had a program, exercise, nutrition, all of that stuff. And this was the most intense form of sterilization. Like I did absolutely nothing. I did not go on any trips during these three months. I did not have any like free meals or treats even like it was like food quality needs to be in place. There are no carbs allowed to be eaten. Um, and I'm eating only whole foods and like all of this. And this is an extreme sterilization, right? Like I'm trying to paint it as extreme as it gets. And basically I went through that program. It's like, I'm never missing a workout. Um, I'm never not going to sleep on time. Like I'm doing everything perfectly. And then the really hard thing is it's like the rest of my life suffered, right? Because it's like friends are going out for a meal or drinks and it's like, nope, can't come period, not going to come, don't want to deal with the temptation. Uh, maybe they're going to a movie and doing something and it's like, no, I would love to go to a movie, but I would be too tempted with the popcorn and stuff. And then it's like, you know, you go to family events and it's like, no, I'm not going to eat that. I already ate type stuff, or I'm just going to take the chicken and not any vegetables or carbs, you know, well, vegetables, yes, but not like any of the other stuff. I'm being very careful about spices, all of that craziness. Um, and that's a, an example because as soon as, and that's the thing, even during it, I was planning this like big cheat day, blowout day at the end of it. And that itself shows the lack of sustainability of that. And you know, this isn't new. Most coaches that are, you know, worth their value or worth their price know these things. No one's going to put you on this type of program, right? And again, it's an extreme example, but when we, when we have that mindset of like, you know, I'm going to diet through this perfect period and I'm going to wait to hire a coach until things really align. Usually we get very discouraged when things don't work or when things kind of get knocked off plan or we just never execute because it's rare that we're ever going to get that perfect um, moment. But the beauty of it is if you learn to work through all of these things, if you learn to incorporate your work trips, to incorporate family dinners, to incorporate a free meal even a week, to do all these things, you learn to produce results maybe slower, maybe you have more ups and downs and setbacks but over time I like to think of it as like this Rubik's cube that's just continually being solved and eventually we find the unique combination that gets us there and it's solved and that's kind of what we're after right because it is easy to give your Rubik's cube to someone else and the coach will unscramble it for you and get it perfect and then they give it back to you and then you know you start living your life and it starts re-scrambling and you don't know how to get it back right? And that's a weird metaphor that I just kind of ad hoc here, but that is a really good example of what it is all about, right? So the first tenet is keep it real. And 
I'll leave you with this kind of idea and, and to sum it up is the environment you produce results in is an environment you can sustain results in. So again, the environment you produce results in is an environment that you can sustain results in. So what that means is if you do what I did and just like cut out everything and you're very, very strict and nothing is changing and like it's not representative of your real life, you will get results there. But that's the place where you know that you can maintain them. And then the problem is that's not very sustainable if you ever want to take a vacation, if you ever want to eat a hamburger again, or if you ever want to, you know, not bring Tupperware to family dinners. And then if you think about it too, we can go to the other end is, you know, if we have those things in where we go to family dinners, we go on vacations and we really expand this, it's not three months, it's maybe three years of learning then that's the environment. If we can produce results in an environment, then we can sustain results in that environment is a great way to think of it too. But anyway, that is it. That is the first tenet. In the next episode, I am going to talk about the second tenet, which is body first. And that is the idea of grounding the process in the body and kind of coming in touch with the body to ha have it lend a helping hand in the process of achieving our goals as our companion. Thank you for listening to the Experience Oriented Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and found it valuable, please share it with the people in your life that you think would benefit from this information. If you don't have anyone in mind, I encourage you to take a screenshot of the episode, throw it up on your favorite social media feed, and if that happens to be Instagram, tag me with the handle at Coach Caleb K. Lastly, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect. Send me a question about the episode or your favorite part of the episode via DM on Instagram at Coach Caleb K. Until next time. <laughs>